0: It may be a dream, a nightmare we've all had.
1: I remember as a kid, I could lay in bed, close my eyes, and think about how big the world was, and then how big the solar system was, and then how big the universe was. And it was almost like this weird, out-of-body experience. The sense that, holy crap, I was nothing. Just the speck surrounded by some presence some physicality I- I- entirely engulfed uh-huh. and it was like incredibly terrifying but it was also like weirdly fascinating
0: <laughs> <laughs> so this is Jeffrey Lockwood Hello. who's now grown-up uh-huh. living in Wyoming in Laramie yeah And is actually studying this kind of Um, creepy feeling of being... Nothing. Compared to... Infinity. Yeah. Um,
1: Your own infinitesimal nature.
0: Only the infinity he's studying is not comprised of stars or planets. It's made out of...
1: Grasshoppers.
0: Jeff (laughs) is a bug guy. Yeah, an entomologist
1: at the University of Wyoming
0: who studies what happens you know, you when huge numbers of grasshoppers crowd together all at
1: once. An infestation.
0: Okay, I don't know if this sound will come through, but right now it's about 6.30. So, full disclosure, the reason I first called Jeff to talk about grasshopper infestations is because this summer I had experienced one myself. <laughs> this crazy thing is going on. Where there are literally thousands of crickets in the road. I was riding my bike across and the just Kansas plains. Biblical proportions here. When all of a sudden, it was as though we rode into a patch of earth like that was entirely cotton. covered in grasshoppers. Like the road itself is made entirely of crickets, and as you come across it, boom, they fly into the air. Ah, yeah. And you ride.
1: They just boil.
0: Or they jump up and they jump into your spokes and kind of boing.
1: Yeah, it's just. Literally blanketing the earth.
0: This day kicks ass. So, my question for Jeff is what is behind that thrill? Uh, is it just the sheer awe of being overwhelmed numerically? Well, actually, um. Turns out I think it's, he it's thinks it's something much darker. Yeah. He so thinks when the grasshoppers swarm like that, they're actually challenging one of our most prized possessions. This, um,
1: very strong value we place on autonomy. Hmm. So,
0: And to explain what he means, he told me the story of the Rocky Mountain locust.
1: North America's one and only locust.
0: And before we begin, just a quick vocab lesson. Locust. Like the ones mentioned in the Bible. Yeah, those are just grasshoppers who've gone a little nuts. Right. Jeff explained that not all grasshoppers, but certain species, have the potential to change into these... These,
1: uh, monsters.
0: They actually change color their legs will grow longer, their wings will get sturdier, and most important, says Jeff, they become attracted to each other.
1: And then, then they form these swarms. They'll eat holes in the laundry that's hung up to dry. Wow! They'll chew on paint on buildings, polish the handles of shovel, chew into leather goods. I've watched them eat window screens, so I've had them pull the hair out of my legs. Um, yeah, You know, when you're starving and there's 10 billion of you, You know, your standards for what qualify as food drop pretty low.
0: They'll even eat each other.
1: Yeah, grasshoppers are voracious little cannibals. (laughs) Um,
0: Which brings us back to the Rocky Mountain Locust. It's the 1870s, we're out west.
1: On the frontier.
0: Nebraska, Kansas.
1: You know, the prairie.
0: The Homestead Act has just been passed and millions, literally millions of people are coming out to try to settle the land. Right. Now, enter the locusts. The wow. year is 1875.
1: 1875.
0: And summer begins like any summer, with the occasional infestation here and there. But then, one day in July, because of some fluke of weather,
1: this meteorological phenomenon, wind basically, uh, a low-level weather system,
0: all these smaller swarms uh, suddenly got swept together.
1: And it formed this enormous swarm estimated to be 1,800 miles long. Um,
0: 1,800 miles long? So that's like going from Texas
1: to Canada. Wow. Moving north on uh, this low-level jet and this swarm and we have it on very good authority. um, First-hand accounts and corroboration and whatnot passed over in a continuous stream for five days. This color of the sky changes. This sort of eclipse. And uh, you could hear them eating. It just this sort of this constant crunching, 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 crunching. For five days. Crunching. Crunching. crunching, crunching it was crunching. genuinely terrifying. Basically what they left behind was a scorched earth not a twig or a branch or a leaf to be found. It was just
0: stripped. Hundreds of people died from starvation. Farmers became destitute. Farms were left as skeletons. I mean, Jesus, what happened in 1875? I mean, that, it's... It's short. The biggest swarm ever documented. Yeah. Now imagine you're a farmer standing out in those fields.
1: Man, this sense of smallness in this sense of, of utter, utter sort of uh, indifference, mm-hmm. right, of, of not mattering.
0: Like if you zoomed out far enough, you might look just as small as one of those grasshoppers.
1: You know, that harsh and bright line between self and other.
0: Begins to disappear.
1: Yeah, this sense of not being as um, neatly uh, separated as an individual from nature in this sort of way that that frightens us because um the story we tell ourselves about being in control yeah um begin begins to unravel
0: and so the legacy of this outbreak says jeff is that we never want to get out of control like that again yeah in fact jeff himself for decades was employed as what he calls a grasshopper assassin
1: former grasshopper assassin that's right
0: His job basically Basically, was to spray pesticides to prevent against future outbreaks.
1: The goal was 100% control.
0: But nowadays, he feels more conflicted about it. I do, I do. Both
1: emotionally. Killing dump truck loads of these organisms that i had really come to sort of uh, appreciate and respect and, you know, had a fondness for.
0: And intellectually.
1: If you take a
0: long-term perspective on them,
1: grasshopper outbreaks um, have some real benefits they're taking a lot of that vegetation, converting it into fecal material, grasshopper poop. And so it's like a big pulse of fertilization, very much like a, a metabolic burn.
0: But he says allowing grasshoppers to overrun us like that every bad. few years is just an idea that would never really fly in the American mindset.
1: We've got a sort of an economic system such that you can't explain to the bank that you're going to have a whole lot of grass in five years yeah. um, when they want their payment this year. So we We have, you know, a need for immediate control, which is unfortunate, but that's the way it works.
0: Yes, grasshoppers ask us to do something we humans don't like to do, which is to give up, to surrender.
1: You know, it's the same thing that I think I gave up in those childhood dreams, which was this, what would you call it, a a naive individualism.
0: When you stand in a swarm, the message is abundantly clear. I really don't matter. (laughs) Bye now. Okay, bye.